This, this is going to be our <laughs> April Fool's prank, where we just fucking drop fucking F shit turds every fucking cunt licking minute. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Alien Familiar RPG Podcast. I am Clayton. I'm KD. I'm Jordan. I'm Nina. I'm Kyle Perkins. And I am Skaggs. A newcomer! Welcome, fresh meat. Thank you. Do you like being fresh meat? No. Uh oh. <laughs> Before we get started, I just want to remind our listeners that you can find show notes and more at alienfamiliar.com. You can email us at alienfamiliarmedia at gmail.com. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash alienfamiliar. And I am on Discord as DM Scorpio number 0660. And I have a channel for, you guessed it, Alien Familiar Media. Our topic for today that we are going to be discussing is uh, got broken down into three parts. Signs that your game master is in a tizzy or frustrated. Things a game master should never do or say. And when the game master should be in a a-hole. And as I thought more about the different aspects of this topic, I, I really contemplated changing the name of this topic to... Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> because I do... There are a lot of things that I get... P.O.'d. ...about and frustrated out about that I shouldn't. There are, by extension, things I should never do or say because of those things. The portion of the, the topic of when the Game Master should be... A Butt munch. ...is a reflection of my own personal bias. So I would just want to start off by talking about if there's any dissent about the fact that, that there are times when a game master should be a, a justifiable... Casserole. Define it. Casserole. Like, do you mean a stickler for the rules? Or do you mean like, oh, what's that? You you really, really wanted to get your personal storyline in? Well, that an NPC that you were really excited to get and, and talk to and learn about, um, they die, and there's nothing you can... They're fuzzing. Dead now. Yes, we should talk about whether there are specific times when there it is all right for the game master to be in a gas pole and what those times are. So that is not one of those times. Well, but what if that player's being a total <laughs> fracking coot? Like, like what if they're being like just a flying diode and, and you really, really hate them and you want to friggin murder their NPC buddy? Because I could, like, they could deserve that, Clayton. Yeah, I was going to say that <clears throat> I feel like the best time to be an exhaust pipe is in response to someone being an exhaust pipe. Where someone, your player is acting up and you just flex your GM muscles is basically yeah. God. And it, it's an escalation game. So, okay, them. so it's like retaliation. Yeah. And I for an eye makes the whole world blind skags. <laughs> yes, but it's really fun for DM. <laughs> um, so this is basically just a, a nuclear escalation. Mm-hmm. Do we learn nothing from Truman? <laughs> We haven't, apparently. Um, I don't know. I think... I guess I can kind of see that, where if, if a player's going out of their way to make your life... Poopy pants. They can only do so much versus the person that actually controls everything in the universe. I feel like maybe then you're a little justified to, like, get some payback. You could talk things out like adults and, you know, maybe have a conversation. <laughs> but there, there are times when people will come in if they're mad at you about something or if they're just, like, kind of a troll. They're gonna just freak. That happens, I think. You you have the right to defend yourself. And you can defend yourself more effectively than they can. It's like, who has the bigger stick? It's always you. It's just whether or not you're willing to use it. And there's also going to be those sessions where the Game Master... 
well, maybe it is the game master who is the only person sitting at the table who is wanting to play. Everybody else is just wanting to do their own thing, sitting. Cow poo. I have been in the situation um, where I have felt like I'm here to play the game. I have this time allotted for this recreational fun thing that I enjoy doing, and it's just not happening. And in the past, I have felt like that was that was the point where I can kind of pound the table a little bit, raise my voice. But on the other hand, it is unfair because that's just one voice at a table of five, six, seven people who maybe maybe that's not what type of fun they're wanting to have right now. And where where does that one person who's like ready to sit down and play, why does that one person's desire to do this thing trump everybody else's desires at that point? Because that's what you all agreed to do. That's why. <laughs> it's not like the plan was, let's hang out tonight. And one guy's like, I'm going to run a game and you guys are going to have fun. <laughs> it's it's a plan. So if you don't want to be part of that plan, buzz off somewhere else. I think that's perfectly legit. I think that is something that should down the road be fixed with better planning and discussion. And um, I, I, I do feel like in our group, having a strict cutoff time has helped a lot because then everyone realizes, oh, shite, we just cow pattied for an hour and we still have to end at 11. And so down the road, you can make steps to fix that diplomatically. But in the moment when people have been sitting around for two hours, like cow plopping, ordering food, eating food, fudging around, looking at memes, showing cat videos, and the DM is just sitting there and there's like a vein throbbing (laughs) in his forehead and no one seems to notice or care. I think in that case, if the DM continues to get peed off, like it continues to just get more and more steamed and doesn't say anything, that is the DM's fault. Whereas as soon as they feel like, all right, guys, our Lord and Savior, it's bloody play this game already. They are well within their rights to be like, we're all here to do this. We're all here to do this. We're all here to play this game. Will you please stop looking at cat videos and sit at the dag nab table? Like, there, there reaches a certain point, you know, like, five minutes after start time might not be a good idea to shout at your players. But 50 minutes after start time, people are still flapjacking. Like, you need to be like, hey, sit down. That's a 50 yeah. minutes. That's a, that's a decent length of time. Like, yeah. Yeah, you're just playing jacks. Well, did you say 15 or 50? I said, I, I, I said no, five I said zero. 50, yeah. Oh, okay, because 15 minutes. Jackhammer. Time like that. That's flipping. Nothing, dude. No, I thought you said 50. Uh, yeah, I, I did say 50. I thought okay. you said 15. No, I said 50. Okay, cool. So we're clear that we can all stroke our... Ducking. Hard, throbbing... Chickens. In fifteen minutes, <laughs> fifty—that's too much. And down. so we need to sit I down. Fifty, if you spread it across I the know, bay, like I can yourself. leave if y'all yeah, want. Yeah, you're really just uh, really well, working it. Take some time, yeah. This is valuable insight. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to get this on any other podcast. Yeah. Thank Things God. You in this well, mansion I, I I just subscribed to the hard chicken stroker podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> Led by, uh, it's only 15 minutes long. Led by Henry <laughs> Well, the point is that there's a, there's a threshold. You you get too too quickly, like one, you know, five minutes, you start shouting at people, you're a dickhead. After an hour, you start shouting at people, eventually they're going to be like, 
oh, maybe the DM's right. We were, I'm sorry. And like, clucking. Come to Jesus and like sit down and be like, turn into Hank Hill. My bad, Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) That boy ain't right. I think that's absolutely, you're within your right. You're fucking well within your right. Especially if it happens frequently. Like, on the first time, the first session, like, it's like, there's some leeway, but I feel like if this happens, like, over and over again, you really need to put your fist down. Okay, tangent but related. The first session, you're right, there could be more leeway. People are feeling each other out. People are feeling each other's... Naughty bits. And people are sitting around, first session, you're not quite sure, but what about character creation? I like to breeze through character creation as quick as humanly possible. So we can actually play the darn game after we make characters. Mm-hmm. I don't like to devote a whole session to character creation. It's boring. We gotta get that shiznit done. I think that's also a great chance for a DM yeah. to be in it. You know what? Like when Nina was running, Nina Smith was running, Lenina was running a Geist. And people were being bloody sticks during character creation. And she got real mad and frustrated, but didn't beat him up. Didn't address the problem. We gotta get in there address the problem. I've had people continue with their characterization like, during the first session. It's like, I feel like this is something you should have had done beforehand. Oh, what, what, what is, um, what's your, uh, what's your punishment, Master, when, when somebody, master? um, when, when, when somebody starts to work on their characters during the first session and they were supposed to be done, what do we do about that? How can we be an crumbum? But also get, we can fix the problem. Well, I think that assumes that somebody was making their character independently. Because most times when you do it as a group, either everybody gets it done or nobody. Like, like it's either all or nothing, right? Most people aren't like, oh, well, like, there's a couple of handful of situations maybe where someone lets it go. Um, like, I'm just on gear. I'm just, I just need gear. Okay, we yeah, can be done. exactly. But, like, if someone, like, if you're like, all right, guys, we've all made characters in this system. Uh, we're g- the first play session is Thursday. Show up with your character mate. Everybody shows up. This one dude's like, like got a name, and he's like, I'm rolling stats right now. Farkin'. And I've got him. Give me like 10 minutes. 10 minutes. 50 minutes go by. I'm on gear. God, how does gear work? And they're like, did you play in this system? And he's like, I did a one shot in this system. Okay. But it's getting better. I'm, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. And then, then you just beat the yellow. Out of him. Just beat the absolutely loving fudge nuts. Got him. <laughs> absolutely like, get, Kyle, you were saying, get in there. You get in there. You, you get in there. Slap those... Flapping. Slap them around a little bit. <laughs> yeah, slap them around a little bit. You know, let them know who's boss. People like that. You know, players like that. They like it when the GM just absolutely takes away their dignity and self-respect. Yeah, slap my... Anus. More daddy. Daddy's a cuss word, right? We can... We can... <laughs> <laughs> you, you upgrade from, like, Dungeon Master to, like... Something else. BDSM dungeon master. Yeah, yeah. You're still a dungeon master. <laughs> you have like master. a cat of nine tails and you're just like beating the person from that. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're still a dungeon master. You're just a different kind yeah. of dungeon master. And there's still roleplay happening. Mm-hmm. It's just a different kind of roleplay. Stop gesturing at me, everyone! <laughs> My god! That was, more, that was vague. It was gesturing towards no, the door. No, it was. You made eye contact with me. We're Why done. Maybe you shouldn't be sitting at the head of the table. Anyway, you should... Okay, okay. All right, real Kyle, talk. Kyle, let's, let's reel it yeah, in. Yeah, let's reel let's it let's in. Let's reel it in, Kyle. <laughs> okay, Kyle. <laughs> um, I think that if that's the case, if they're not done in 10 to 15 minutes with the character, you start without them, and they don't get to play the first session. If they do something, they don't get any modifiers on their roll. Yeah, until yeah, it's yeah. straight up die roll. I would even just say, too, like, just let it, like, like literally start the game on time, and then if they finish their character, great. Work them in later on, but if they don't, they miss that first session. That's their fault. Again, 
that's being different though if you did things as a group and then maybe there was a gear issue and then you as a GM were like, oh, I'll have to check the rule book on that one. Start of next session, I'll let you know for sure. That's a little different. But if they, yeah, if they literally, if everyone else has their characters done and this person doesn't, then I say start without them. I think that can tie back into leniency as well. Like, <clears throat> in certain situations, being a stickler about the rules, strict stickler, could be a jerk move. Like, if it's the very first session, you start playing, someone goes to make a athletics role, and you, the DM, are like, actually, that would be athletic, or that would be uh, acrobatics. And they were like, oh, sheesh. I put a bunch of points into athletics, thinking about, thinking it might be the acrobatics stat. Like, c- could I could I switch those around? Could I just briefly redistribute? I'm, if it's the first session, inclined to be like, dude, yeah, you you didn't know the system that well. You just made the character. Go for it. You're, you're fine. There's some leniency there for a brand new character in the first session. I feel like it'd be a an unnecessary bunghole move. And maybe a sign that your DM is effing furious. If they're just like, no, it's on your sheet that way. Pumping. Deal with it, you little yellow snow monkey. You're like, I'm not a, I guess I'm a monkey. And they're like, yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm leaning enough, I think, that even if four sessions down the line, they haven't, they, they have all those points in that, but they haven't rolled it yet. And they're like, oh man, my big shot. And they're like, acrobatics is a skill. then you can be like yep redistribute it and Um, i feel like you could even allow the player to like provide reasoning as to why their role would be the proper role to make especially if it's like a niche scenario inside jokes gotta love them gotta love (laughs) not knowing what skills are on the sheet and which ones are we've all been there oh yeah Right. You, you, you've you been there. Wait, yeah, no, wait. podcasting is a skill? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. So do we want to move on to things that the Game Master should never do or say? I'm very, I was very wishy-washy with this entire podcast idea. When I th- started thinking about things that the Game Master should never say, I'm thinking, never? Because um, there's sometimes when you know your group so well... And you have that level of trust with them that you know the things you can pull that suddenly some things that were just completely off of the table if you didn't know these people are actually on the table now. So, like, if the topic of if there is, like, an in-story reason why, for instance, a character would have to go through the consequences of a sexual assault. Like there, that is something that we have said you should never, ever do. But there's always an exception where maybe the game master knows their group so well and also knows that it's not going to um, cause any emotional problems at the table. That might be something that is then something that the the game master could introduce into the game but for the vast majority of instances and times no that that's something that should never be done or brought up at the table i mean i feel like that's the caveat we give for a lot of things when we tell dms or players not to do something we're like don't do this but also you know your friends you know how to be kind to your friends apply this as you will Mm mm-hmm I think taken out of context, anybody goes up to a group of players that is not their own, 100% of the time, they say, my DM rolled for 
the possibility of sexual assault on my character. Any group on the planet is going to assume, oh my god, like, that is something that, you know, like, are you okay? Like, what happened? Obviously, within your own group confines, if everyone handled it in a way that your group sees as okay and, you know, handled it maturely, and it was something that actually furthered story or character development and was not just like a rando thing that happened for no reason, it could be alright. I guess in that instance... Your DM is technically making an wanker move, but is it okay? What's the payoff there? You know, like this seems like a, a high risk kind of thing to introduce, and like, what what are you really gonna get out of that? Yeah, as a story element, it does feel like high <clears throat> risk, zero reward. <laughs> yeah, that that seems like a thing that were you to have that interact with the character that would be more of a backstory element that happened before the game and then the, and it like the, shapes the way you're coming yeah through. like mm-hmm. the results of that would <clears throat> shape the character now nobody play, but you wouldn't want to do it in game because it's just kind of awkward for everyone involved yeah nobody in the history of role playing has ever been like oh man let me tell you about this awesome campaign i was in where i got gang raped it was great no you're not gonna have that mm-hmm. and yeah i imagine you're kind of just they're like, well, this happened to the character now. I guess I had to figure out how they're dealing with it. And then you also have to factor in how is everyone else going to deal with it? Like, what if it ends up becoming less about your character and more about, like, how other people are, like, handling it and, and you completely lose the sight of whatever the GM was trying to accomplish with it in the first place? And, and I don't know. I don't know how many other things there are like that. I'm, I'm having a hard time, like, coming up with any other kind of examples that are, like, on that level, but that seems like one of those things that's like, when you're here to have fun, where's the fun going to be in this? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> About the only circumstance I could think of, I've been sitting here trying, is one where a group of people, uh, GM and players included, are all authors, and one of them is writing a story that is a, like, their attempt at understanding how their someone close to them might handle a sexual assault and they want to write a story in which it is like depicted as a you know journey for uh and, and a discovery of strength and they're like doing it and then you know they they're they're writing a forward in the book where they're like you know this this is for my friend and they write this book about that and they don't know how to handle it and there's a whole bunch of stigma about the other people around learning someone went through a sexual assault how do they deal with it how does the person who actually underwent the sexual assault or how did it happen to them, the victim, how, how do they deal with it? And they're not sure how to handle it. And they're like, hey, author friends, can we do like a short campaign where this happens to my character and we all think very seriously and take this very maturely and we all try to understand how different characters might go through this as sort of a workshop, like a writing exercise. The group might say, yeah, that's an interesting thing. Well, let, let's try that out. That's a challenging topic. Let's approach it. That would be the least fun I've ever had in a game. Ever. Yeah, this doesn't sound like a role-playing game. <clears throat> yeah, no, I'd be weird a bit. <laughs> but, but I could see how that might be a useful thing. And cool. something that, like, and, and in, in that situation, that might be a way that that could be handled appropriately. And, and you see how, like, far-reaching and how ridiculous that sounds in, well, in the topic of... since you can do research like that literally any other way. Yeah, there's only about a million different resources, resources. to... Well, you know, we're, we're going to say that, but then I'm going to bring this back to some of our other podcasts about how we've talked about 
working through issues and learning about things, uh, you know, interactivity is a better way to learn and workshop than simply reading and consuming information or going to a lecture. Oh, no, but what I'm saying is that regardless of how your D&D character reacts to it, that's not a thing that you would know how a real human would um, deal with that situation. Because mm-hmm. it is a D&D character and you're doing a fiction. Whereas there's like a million resources that survivors are talking about how their life went afterwards and how they dealt with it immediately afterwards and things like that. Like, I'm not saying this <laughs> hypothetical, extremely unfun D&D game would be, um, <laughs> is bad. I'm just saying that it seems like a silly, very long-winded, roundabout way to do research. It's completely on a tangent. I mean, maybe. I, I, you know, I don't want to harp too much more on it, but also, maybe a person has... Also, how do you has... know all those authors? Like, we're just a whole we're just a group of authors. Have you ever, have you, I'm sorry, have you met an author? Their only friends are authors. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, and maybe they've done the research, and they've talked to survivors, and they they simply need help, like, getting into that character's head now that they know no, how they No, that's fair. No, that's fair. I'm just saying it sounds so strange. Oh, no, it sounds strange and terrible, and I wouldn't Horrifying. Do it. But my, my point is that there's always, you know, life uh, uh, finds a way. And... <laughs> That's what you say about <laughs> situation? Look, I mean, if it's a real rape, the woman's body will I stop like her from getting pregnant. On. You got a way to shut that down. I would, yeah. I would really like to move on. I actually thought of another thing the GM should never do. Just, just to segue away from this topic. Because uh, I've had this happen to me, and it's not fun, where the DM just kills a character. Like, oh, yeah. If, if a character dies, that's fine. Like, if they... They mess up and they like they're climbing a cliff and they roll terribly and they fall down and kill themselves. It's whatever. But like, if the DM is like, "Oh, this is going to be relevant to the story, so we're going to kill your character." It's like, I didn't sign up for this. I want to play this game. But yeah, where's where's the roles? Like, where's the transparency? Right. I I was actually going to bring that up too. Yeah, because you were you were there. Yeah, and I was uh, at ground zero for that one. I was like rolling really well and he's like well this is what's gonna happen so your character's just like dead now so, yeah like this well, is what this I is, this is what I need to have this is some bull dump I was gonna say that too like uh, one thing a GM should never do is sort of n- n- take away your agency really yeah, play your character for you like f- put you in a cutscene play your character for you if, if, if your character is like okay an example really quick is like if you're in a tavern right and someone breaks into your room while you're at the bar and you mess, you, you're drunk, you missed the notice roll, that's fine. You had a chance to prevent that thing, you failed, right? It shouldn't be, I really want, you to have this item that I really need to get back as the GM, I'm going to have someone just break in and take it. Like, there should always be some sort of role for someone to try and prevent that. It should never just be, this thing happens to you, go. Mm-hmm. That's not a role-playing game, that's playing... Bump and uglies. Like an acting exercise or something, where it's like, all right, here's here's your setup. You're this suddenly, is you're suddenly you. an improv group. Go, yeah, you're an improv group, and you're like, uh, okay, you know, like I think or, that's a big or worse, one. it's a cut scene from a or anime like a video, video game. game. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. At the very least, even if it's not a situation where a role could work, you know, the, the the party is out adventuring and they have a room rented back in an inn, and the GM should offhandedly say, you know, hey, real quick, let me like see your sheets. I want to see what's in your packs. Um, you know, now is your chance. If you, you know, want to make something in that pack that you bought in town, write that down. Okay, cool. Give me your sheets. GM looks at the sheets. Oh, the star of... Ozymandias. Is not in this person's pack. I think you mean... Kathmandu. Left it in... The star of... Kathmandu. <laughs> is not in this person's pack. They left it in their room. 
It's not in the pack. I gave them that chance. They know they have this item. They know it's powerful. They left it there. Yep. And in that case, you, you're you're totally fine to not even have to roll. Like when you go right. back, no, your exactly. room's been ransacked. Right. Like but, you're not even there. Yeah. But, you're not there. You're getting drunk. <laughs> like even, that even applies to like the character death thing I mentioned. Like if you put yourself in a really really bad situation and like you're not even rolling for anything but like if you manage to fall down so far that you are just in a place where you could just die i feel like that's reasonable yeah but, like, I, I mean i'm getting I'm railroaded more, into it yeah. is not fun yeah like even if you are there should be like a last ditch halo oh, yeah. like i'm going to try and climb my way out my odds like the dc for this check is exorbitantly high and i got like a broken leg i'm probably not going to be able to succeed but you should at least Oh, have yeah. the shot to do that, uh, I think. Um, you know, it's it's not like, well, you fell down this ravine, yeah, you're you're alive for probably forty eight hours, but we're gonna just skip away from you because you're basically dead. Like yeah. that's no fun. So um, it's all about fun. Would it be fair to say that a DM shouldn't tell a player what their character is doing? Yeah, I think in most situations, yeah. I, I think absolutely. aside from the like result of a role, so like yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can describe how they in like. Enact a role with, you know, obviously if you're not doing it right, they'll tell you. But, no, I think you're right. I think they shouldn't be like, you're doing this. They're like, maybe I'm not, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just thinking about that you, you quit DTR. Because what, what was it? The entire party was, like, trapped in prison and there was stuff happening. Yeah. But boat, you weren't allowed to do anything. The boat was, like, under attack. And I did end up talking with the GM about this later on. And we worked it out. Um, but at the time, I was very frustrated because I felt like that we should be doing things, um, and it turns out that we weren't. We were just supposed to sit in prison the whole time, and I'm like, never played a game where we're just supposed to sit in prison for most of a session, so... I've made that mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some situations where it's okay to tell somebody what their character is doing if it's like an elaboration on a role that someone made, like, for instance... Let's say that you're the person on watch, the group's all asleep around camp, whatever. You fumble your perception roll to, you know, detect the ambushers, and the DM says, oh, well, you got up and went ten feet off in the woods, and you're taking a... Tinkle. And then you feel a knife on your neck, you know, something like that. Well, I didn't say I went and took a... Pee-pee. Well, that's the fucking yeah, no situation shit. that you're in. Tough shit. Who? I, I think <laughs> if it's a botch or a crit fail, I love when the DM elaborates. Yeah, you can describe oh, yeah. that. No, and I think that's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I'm saying more like you saying a character's doing this and you're not describing a role they made. Like, you're just saying you're doing that. Then I'll ball up my character sheet and throw it at the DM okay, and say you right. played. Mofo. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I think uh, it's fine yeah. to elaborate on Example of where it wouldn't be cool would be, you know, um, uh, uh, Rodrigo, what are you doing? Um, I'm going to the tavern. Okay, great. Comes back around. Rodrigo, you're in the tavern. You're you're being spit-roasted over a fire because you told the tavern keeper the food was bad. And they said, <laughs> I'll make you the food! And now they're cooking you alive? What do you do? What do you do? <laughs> um, well, what? <laughs> That's a lot! <laughs> Can we go back, like, 500 steps? I, I would have never been so impolite. <laughs> I have the polite trait right here on my sheet. I don't see it. It's right here. Nope. No, it isn't. No. I, that that drives me up the wall. Uh, that's that's the big one. I think that players should say what they're doing. You can elaborate on a role for sure to you know, make that work for you, um, but you should not railroad or, like, anything like that. And, and we've talked about this on the podcast going back, so... Yeah, we've always been, like, don't force your players to do things. Here's the thing that I... Murder I, him. Hmm? Or just murder him. 
In cold blood. <laughs> a GM should not murder their players in cold blood. That's or true. The, or the characters, either. Mm, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. That's an, well, that's... I think one has more consequences than the other. <laughs> My the dad died. <laughs> As we discussed earlier, they're making the character during the first session. Then you just kill them. <laughs> yeah, then they don't that's have to make the character anymore. An appropriate response to that action. Um, regarding elaboration, but in a slightly different way, I think it's never okay for a GM to um, to rub it in when a player makes a mistake, uh, or like just rail on them for a death. Like if a death happens or if a mistake is made, it's fine. You know, you you, you roll a Sexen. one, and and you you crit fail. It happens. But if that leads to, and especially when it's because of a player's choice. If that leads to a mistake or a death, the GM should never, and again, you know your friends, maybe they can take a little bit of good-natured ribbing, but you should never, like, oh yeah, you copulating, good moron, you piece of absolute stink, your brain's made of jazz hands, isn't it, you stupid flabby jerk face. Let me tell you about what you should have done right here. Actually, no, no, no. We're gonna. I'm gonna go around the table. Let's start with you, Rodrigo. What do you think they should have done? Uh, okay, sir, are I still getting you? spit roasted at the tavern? <laughs> yeah, not in a way you might like. You little intercourse slappy Sally. Um, what about you? Like, you should never rub in when someone has made a mistake, whether they're a veteran or a newcomer. You know, beyond what you know, your friend can handle. Yeah. Like, it, it'll just make people feel like feces. And there's no reason for it. Especially Zero if, it's a, if it's a new player. Like, don't be, like, just belittling them over mistakes they make. Now, if you've been playing with these people for a while, and they give you dump whenever you <laughs> screw up, then 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 it's probably fair game yeah. for you to be like, God, what the fuzz did you just do? Uh, sure. I, like, I, I feel like, like if you and I are going to game together, if you or I... Frack. Uh, the other person is just gonna go. Oh, absolutely. Go yeah. There's like, no mercy. But like, yeah. If, <laughs> I, for the most part, yeah, I agree. I think for the most part, like, we're we're talking a lot about like frustrations and stuff like that, and like, that would be the times when I mean, we've we've all been saying this very jokingly, but like, the times when the game master is going to say or do something that they shouldn't do is when they themselves are frustrated, when they're not quite thinking clearly. Mm-hmm. There are some, like, some signs that the, that the game is pantsed, but there's still some things that even whenever they're like that, that just should never come out of the Game Master's lips. Things like, guys, you just aren't getting it, in response to, like, just the players not being able to put together whatever puzzle the that they're trying to to get because yes, they are already aware that they're not figuring out the puzzle. Uh, they don't need this, the game master's frustration than just basically rubbing salt in that wound that everybody's getting frustrated at that point. It'd probably be a good idea to take a break. Step away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because maybe, maybe everybody, maybe the, all the players are just too close to the problem. They need some time to, to get away from it. So that they can get a clearer picture of it. Step back. Call for a fornicating intelligence roll or something. I mean, there's some way to fud ruckin'. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a big fan of me occasionally. I'll, I'll do this a lot as a player. I'll, I'll look at the gym and be like, my character is very intelligent. I'm a blockhead. <laughs> can I roll an intelligence check? Or not, that's being, you know, self defeating, but I'll, I'll be like, my character is a lot smarter in this area than I am. 
they would know how to solve this problem even if I don't. Can I make an intelligence check to try and figure this out? And most will be like, yeah, that's fine. You know, some people will be like, nope, you gotta, you are your character. And I'll be like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Same thing with charisma characters. Like, I'm a socially awkward weenie, but if I'm playing a charismatic <laughs> character and I'm like trying to like bluff or charm someone, I, pff, I don't know what I'm doing, but like my character does. But if the GM is like, you actually have hey, ch- to. Charm me, You actually have to do this. I'm like, no. <laughs> I can't. Convince when you roll, me. Like, Skaggs, I gotta tell you, if you're a weenie, you're like the... Barkin. Chicago dog of weenies, Damn. Dude. Like, you're... you're Full-on Oscar Mayer weenie. Yeah, your, yeah. your perfect hair Damn. is the pickle. Your, 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 your charming and intelligent way of speaking is the, is the stadium mustard. Your, your, the, the, the memes, the memes you bring to this friend group, that's the flapping. That beautiful flapping. Like, bleeding. Kaiser roll. And, 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 and you, in your, your, your good, your good natured way of bringing a relaxed atmosphere to a table, that's, that's, that's the kosher hot dog. I- Damn. I don't know if <laughs> Kyle just like... likes Skaggs a lot or just likes hot dogs a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to slather one up with some... Comment removed due to poor taste. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would pass the charm check, so... <laughs> you would never have a chance to play charisma characters because of... Someone... Okay, once again, I'm not, like, the insert for every girl y'all play with. Stop! Remember, this time I was looking there. Okay. Like slightly off to the right. At the empty space. In it's also Yeah, on, on a tangent, if a character is really overconfident that they can seduce another character, they should have to seduce the character. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, that's, that's the only where I'm going to be. Like, I want, I, want, I, want to see, I want to see it. Speaking of annoying things people do, maybe a, uh, a GM who, like inserts their own, and this does kind of go back into um, taking away agency, but a GM who, in uh, well, I guess this could be a two-parter. One, the short part, is allows a player to be the Frelin. favorite. Allows a player to be their, like, teacher's pet, and gives them way too much time. No one, don't do that. Um, I don't care if they're your girlfriend, I don't care if they're your aunt, I don't care how they know you. Don't do that. Yes, Nina? <laughs> Never mind. What? Asher was kind of the teacher's pet in Eclipse Face. You were the only one that actually gave a shit about your own personal story. Everyone else was just like, let's finish the game. Let's finish it. <laughs> I'm with Nina. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't do it. It's Jerk face. Move. <laughs> two. Part two. Two. Don't take game time. Don't take the session as an opportunity to get up on your pulpit or get on your soapbox or stand up to that microphone and, like, show them just how awesome you are to the point where you've been rambling on in character doing the voices of nine different NPCs for about half an hour. And, and like, expect your players to just sit there enthralled, like, boy, I love those NPCs that he's been talking He's just talking to himself for half an hour. I love that. No one loves that! No one likes it. It's dumb. It's fecal. Yeah, no, the part one of that I definitely relate to, because I've had that happen a few times, and it's it's really, really irritating, especially when it gets to the point where teacher's pet character suddenly can, like, has influence over the other characters as if they were, like, a second DM. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I'm not playing your game, I'm playing his game. It's, it, it Shadow GM. Yeah. It's, it's definitely annoying. Yeah, I mean, and we've talked about on the podcast that uh, 
if if you're struggling as a GM it's and, and you're newer, it's okay to have that veteran player that you, you lean on. That is not the same thing as having, like, favorites that you kind of cater to or uh, text incessantly or... Uh, At me next time, why don't you? <laughs> kidding. Shove. Um, or tend to give more, like... How would, would screen time be a word to use here? Sure. Or, you know, spotlight. Spotlight. Is what I use. Um, term. You know. Fun metaphors. Fun to stage yeah, metaphors. Really just talking. Uh, sort of on that, too, I think, GMs need to be able to, in addition to the favorite situation, also not just spread it out, like, like too much. Like, they need to be able to find that balance, you know? And so if they're, like, all right, we're going to be an hour over here, Hour and a half over here. Oh god, I'm running out of time. Oh god, I'm trying to give everybody fair. Now over here. Oh god, I'm out of time, and you guys didn't get to do anything. You know, like I think there also has to kind of be consolidation there. Um, yeah, we'll get around to what you want to do next session. Yeah, next session rolls around. <laughs> okay, back on this side of the table. All right, we're gonna start from the beginning again. Rodrigo, what do you want to do, buddy? Am I still Can getting spit sp- roasted? roasted? Classic yeah. Rodrigo. <laughs> Rodrigo is always my favorite. <laughs> Uh, I actually have uh, an interesting one I was thinking of. Constructive criticism. Gas pipe. Move or not. Uh, well, constructive. No. <laughs> in, in what context? I, I, by I definition, by, no. Okay, but fine then. C- criticism. Okay. Like, you know, both sides of the fence. The DM giving criticism to, to something players. the player's doing? Yeah. It's legit. Okay. When you give criticism, I mean, I think obviously it should it's always be constructive. Right. But... Yeah. Is it sometimes a stinkhole move to give criticism? Maybe it's not wanted or welcome. Maybe somebody already knows what they did wrong, you know. And you're just sitting, and you're sitting there, kind of harping on them, and they're like, "Dude, I get it. Yeah. I shouldn't have frellin. Got done... spit roasted. Yeah, shouldn't have <laughs> got spit roasted. <laughs> did you do that to me, sir? No, <laughs> you did it to yourself, Rodrigo. <laughs> you were gaslighting, Rodrigo. What the fridge, dudes? <laughs> What's wrong with y'all? God, this is like our mirror universe podcast. Rodrigo's not even at the table anymore. <laughs> yeah, Why he's is too busy getting spit roasted the other room. We're all being mean and evil. None of us have beards. You have grown a beard, Nina. Like, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I think like I think the sinkhole move is if if the GM set himself or herself on such a high pedestal that they can kind of look down and be like, "Yes, you." Kyle. Uh, KD is doing the the Skyrim like Yarl hand right now, where he's like you've, back in the chair, just like you've done everything wrong. <laughs> you have not succeeded in the single puzzle that my genius mind has created. Did you know having a six and brains apocalypse <laughs> makes you a genius? <laughs> Do you, you understand? Why you're so bad at role-playing games? I, I am the best. I have orchestrated <laughs> and pulled so many strings to allow your character to rise to heights, and you flew too close to the sun, Icarus! Icarus! <laughs> Why don't you play this character? Just ever. He's so good. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't have given me some ducking wings made out of glue and chicken feathers. You unsatisfactory person. Wax. They were made of hot glue. Mine were. We don't have wax is expensive. He made them out of hot glue, and I flew up to the sun like he told me to, and I f- something. They melted. It died. Drowned. I know the story of Icarus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, like, don't don't be that. I think that's that's not good criticism, is you're up on, in, in a serious note, you're up on a pedestal, and 
you're like looking down at everyone else and like you're immune to criticism, but you can kind of dole it out. Like it's kind it's got to be a two way street. Yeah, being a GM does not give you the right to immediately correct everybody in in the way that you think is cor- uh, how do I phrase this? Like just because you're GM and you think someone's wrong and you jump down their throat to correct them, you don't have that right. And also what you're saying might not be correct. GM makes you rules master, but it doesn't make you god of what characters do. If a character makes a move, and you, you, you shouldn't have done that. I mean, you, you, your character doesn't do that. Like, oh, oh yeah, and, and the GM being like, I think I understand your character motivations better than you. I don't think you would. Oh, God, that would steam me. Oh. Flippin'. Steam my... Dice bag. Dude, like, just, just steam rip, him. Him, mm. rip him right into that steam bath. Ugh! Angry. Oh, okay. It's a, it's a bad situation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, hmm. Dude, steam, steam burns are serious. Go on, go steam on. burns are a very serious thing. They can hurt a lot. Such on your balls. And you might not even know you're being burned until it's too late. <laughs> PSA, everyone. Steam yeah. burns. <laughs> oh, oh, we so haven't really done signs. Signs, yeah, okay. We've right. kind of been saying some signs as we've, been, as we've been going through. But, like, I have a couple things written down here of... If you're in, like, a stereotypical D&D game where you're in a dungeon and the game master repeats clues or riddles in a terse manner... When they haven't been prompted to do so. (laughs) Guys, the riddle says, If shades of red stand for blood, the wise will not need sacrifice, aught but a loop of magical metal. (laughs) I roll to strike the goblin. Alright, you you swing your sword and your eye is just drawn to something on the wall. You've seen it four times before, but it's this bizarre uh, sort of uh, monolithic, monolithic sort of uh, drawing um, about uh, putting an, an orb in a socket. Yeah, I, I roll hit the goblin. Uh, you swing your sword again, and your eyes are just drawn <laughs> to that to that drawing. It just I, I roll check magic. You don't find any magic, but you do see the thing <laughs> on the wall. Yeah, this drawing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I feel like that's one of the times when railroading is almost acceptable. Like, when, when you're in a situation where there's literally only one way to go forward and your players are just, like, messing around, it's like, can we... At, at that point, like, I think n- it's... Nudge the players in yeah, that direction. Yeah, I, I think it's less railroading and more you removing the obstacle in your way and letting them kind of tumble into what's next. Yeah. Like, it's not being, like, come come on, get on the train, we're going, you know? It's more of, like, like at, they're, like, pressing their faces against the glass and you're like, just... Move it, move it. You move the glass, and they all just like tumble to the next area. So that's what I do. If, people, if I, I hate puzzles personally, uh, as a as a player, uh, I'm very bad at them. You do? Oh, absolutely. I didn't know this. Seriously? Oh, I can't stand it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I hate puzzles. Strange. Uh, and I'm not not saying like to GMs that run puzzles. I know we've had I've played in games here with most people. Uh, I'm not saying I hate your puzzles. Uh, I'm just bad at puzzles in general, and so I'm typically the type of person that's like, oh god, what do I do? Um, and so I'm very, like, understanding when my, like, if I have a very rudimentary puzzle that my players can't figure out for some reason, I'm like, you know what? I hate puzzles too! Let's just get get on there! No more puzzles! Get on in there! <laughs> you did it! You succeeded. I think I think everyone has, like, an, a unique individual tell too. Oh, I was about to say, like, you know when your friends are, yeah. like, you know when your friends yeah. are upset. 
you know, like, like I know for me, it's when I'm when I'm laughing, um, but the like look in my eyes is very dead. I look back on me like, okay, guys, all right, we're gonna go over this one more time. All right, all right, we're gonna we're gonna figure this out. Okay, come on. All right, guys, guys, let's let's bring it back in. Let's focus back up. That's that's mine. I know that for a fact. It's kind of freaking <laughs> creepy. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, very creepy. I think mine is. Oh, well, you need to roll to throw your phone across the room. <laughs> Take your phone and shove it up your own back pocket. And then call yourself from someone else's phone. And then make a roll. Make a Gar stern. perception check. That's when I'm mad. You're That's how you can tell when I'm mad. Yeah. Kyle's tells are very subtle. <laughs> it's very hard to tell. You might actually think he's he's uh, coming on to you. But he's not. He's actually very, very cross. <laughs> Jordan, what are your special DM tells when you're angry? Uh, stop making any noises at all and just sit there and wait for people to stop being... Butt nuggets. Ah, the the teacher on salary approach. The sit sit and wait. (laughs) I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. (laughs) Jordan does have a brain. No, I'll wait. You finish. (laughs) Can I use the restroom? May you use the restroom? (laughs) What about you, Clayton? Oh, my tell is when my voice goes up several decibels. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. And all my pl- players unanimously nod. <laughs> <laughs> they know what's coming. We have exact opposite approaches. <laughs> <laughs> they, they both work. Well, I've never jammed, so I can't tell. Wow, what a loser. Right? Look at this deck over here. And you're on a podcast talking about running games. Right? Oh, I can leave too. Oh, no, I can be fine. an angry GM as a player. I... Plenty of experience there. Anyway, anybody read any or watched any geeky stuff lately that thinks cool? <laughs> there's some geek, there's one geeky thing that I can't wait is going to have come out in don't here in two you, days on April third. Go ahead. Legion season two. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we thought you were going something else on that one. Is trying to ruin your life, Kyle. No, okay. What is that, Clayton? Um, well, Legion well. The character of Legion is based on a um, X-Men character. Um, however, this series so radically changes that character that it loses... The title of the show loses all meaning. Um, but it's still a really... Fire-trucking. Awesome show. It I describe it as if David Lynch had started making a TV series about, about mutants, about X-Men... <laughs> But then Wes Anderson was brought in and about to finish the last 75% of it. That's how I described the first season of Legion. It's just really... Monkey fighting. Weird, but pretty awesome. The other key thing is that this year could mark a paramount achievement of the human race if preventative measures continue on its current course. The last person to become infected with polio will have been this year. Ooh. Wow. Yay! So, Who's that poor loser? <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed that this is the last year that people contract polio. Wow. On a less... Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it is equally important to me. <laughs> uh, we were just in Austin uh, for... Well, we weren't down there for South By, but South By Southwest was happening, and... The pilot of the new um, TV show Cloak and Dagger um, dropped, which I had no idea was even happening, but Cloak and Dagger might be my favorite superhero duo, like, ever. 
So if that went well, it might be a TV show airing, I think, in this this or next summer. I can't remember. But I'm excited. I'm excited for that, too. I liked Cloak and Dagger. I the, love them. The comics, not the mid-80s movie. Oh. Uh, oh. Uh, <laughs> um, the comics were so good. Let's talk about the comics. On, on Weeb Alert, uh, there's a Netflix original anime out right now called Be the Beginning. It's it's pretty good. Uh, it's kind of a callback to like you know a little bit of older older stuff like Death Note. Um, you can kind of tell the people that made this were watching that poop growing up. So it's kind of a kind oh, of a love letter. Kind of they a were. Callback. I couldn't even tell. I know, right? It's it's not it's not gonna blow you away or anything. But if you it's it's very much a good homage. So if you like those things, you like detectives, you like crime being solved by detectives. Netflix's animes have actually been pretty solid. Like, did you yeah. see the uh, Castlevania? Oh, yeah, yeah. Anime? yeah was, actually. That was great. So, they're, they're doing good. But, but yeah. then, on the other hand, Netflix did also make the live-action Death Note and the live-action Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> they so. didn't make the live-action Full Metal Alchemist. Really? I thought no, it was... No, no, no. They, they just got the rights to it. Netflix. Oh, okay. They just got the rights to it, and now it's um, under the Netflix. Well, they, they aired it. Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I look forward to the Netflix high school version of Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I jumped immediately. Like, they did not mud-flapping make that movie. But yeah, be the beginning, check it out. It's good. I've been looking at a lot of weird World War II airplanes lately. That, like, that's all. That's all I got. <laughs> that's pretty part of the course. <laughs> Is though. that your um, cool geek thing every week? No, just really recently here. Like, weird ones. Like that one German one that like takes off vertically or something? Uh, with the rocket-propelled uh, helicopter blades? Yes. Um, not that one this week, but that's a good one. It's a lot of weird ones. What about the flying tank? Um, from Grand Theft Auto 3? No, no. <laughs> I want to say it was the Allies tried to make a literal flying tank. It didn't work. Huh. I think I know what Shot. you're talking about, actually. <laughs> Wonder what the problem Incredible. was. There was also that weird, like, hoverboard thing where the person would stand on top of it. Which is a viable thing. It actually, people have made them, like, these days, but it was this horrifying flying death trap hmm. where you'd stand on top of it and fly around. Me about planes in general. They scare me. I'm sorry. All right, guys. Uh, Wait, I got two nope. things. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you, you were kind of content to go... I just letting go, other people uh, talk, man. I just wanted to... Signs your podcast host well, we were going. <laughs> it went from me to KD, and then it jumped, so I figured... Nobody told me that. So. Okay. You were you were going quietly into that good night there. Yeah. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. I got I got two things. Um, I I just finished up a Netflix documentary miniseries called Flint Town about mm. Flint, Michigan. Mm. If uh, if you want some some material for a uh, slow rolling apocalypse, oh my f- goodness gracious! That place is about ten minutes from full on Mad Max. It is the worst place I've ever seen in the United States. Jeez. Um, yeah, it's embedded with some cops, and you're just watching the whole Fracking. system collapse from every level simultaneously like a building demolition. It's insane. Leave. And the other thing, of course, is uh, RIP to my boy Stephen Hawking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, oh, yeah. We love you, miss you, boo. <laughs> I, I watched the uh, Theory of Everything movie that came out on him a couple years ago. It was really good. Actually, it's like about him, about his time at Cambridge when he came up with his, when he started coming up with his theories about black holes and then like about his life after that. 
up until he got like knighted by the queen about his trials with uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. It was it was really good. Would recommend. It. On a funnier note, I was looking through some old um, <laughs> Reddit AMAs he did, oh, where yeah. he um, claimed that we should be more afraid of um, capital, um, how capitalism is going instead of being afraid of AIs, and people told him to read an Economics 101 textbook, because <laughs> Reddit's amazing. <laughs> right. Props to Shape of Water for taking Best Picture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. Alright guys, what do you say we stop this bullshit and start rolling some dice? Yeah. This has been a production of Alien Familiar Media. You can find past episodes and more at alienfamiliar.com. You can email us at alienfamiliarmedia at gmail.com. This production is protected under a Creative Commons non-commercial attribution, no derivatives license. Music for this episode is Suburban Outlaw by Forget the Whale and can be found at freemusicarchive.org.